Hey, hey, Shalom Israel, Most High and Christ Bless, Most High and Christ Bless. Welcome to another edition of our show. This is the Bible Book of Our Fathers, okay? I'm Captain Josiah, to my right. Officer Eli. Shalom Israel, Officer Nashon. Officer Eli Akin. All praises. Uh, today's uh, show is going to be entitled um, The Sex During the Time of Christ, all right? The Sex During the Time of Christ. Uh, but let's start with our disclaimer real quick. Yes, sir. Skip that up. Israel united in Christ. We are not a hate group. We are not affiliated with any other Israelite group. Israel united in Christ is a nonviolent Bible-based movement. We do not advocate or condone any acts of violence against any race, ethnicity, or gender. We advise that if anyone hears or knows of any plots to cause harm to anyone or to break the laws of the land, you must contact the proper authorities to bring awareness to any possible threat as stated in Leviticus chapter 5, verse 1. Okay, all praise to the Most High. So, let's let's begin. Give me um, let's give me that first link. Um, and again, uh, the show is titled "The Sex During the Time of Christ." Okay, there was many many groups. Um, some of them we may not touch on all of them today. Uh, we're gonna see what we get through. Uh, there was many groups during the time of Christ, not just uh, what we know as the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Those are the primary, but there were many other groups, and we're gonna touch on those in brief. Today, but um, give me this first one real quick right here. All right. Okay. Now, we want to just start just start at the top, the most significant. You can read the title part of it, yes, too. Yes, sir. The Era of Small Nations, 1200 to, to 800 B.C., the Hebrews. The most significant of the small nations for the history of Western civilization was that of the Hebrews. So now it says, you can leave that up there, but it says the most significant of the small nations of the Western for the history of Western civilizations was that of the Hebrews. Come on. To do them justice in a brief account is virtually impossible. To do the Hebrews justice in a brief account, it says is what? Virtually impossible. Virtually impossible. Come on. For few people have evoked greater interest or more intensive study. Right. So guess what? We wonder why we're the most studied people. This book is backing it up right here. It says, for few people, what? For few people have evoked greater interest or more intensive study. Mm -hmm. We are aided in telling their story by a magnificent literary record they created. Who created? They created. It says, we are aided, we're helped in telling their story by a uh, magnificent, excuse me, literary record they created. What is that going into? The the prophets and so forth. Mm -hmm. Moses, mm -hmm. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Right, right. Okay. The Most High gave them those words. They recorded them down. Read them. They created their Bible. Come on. Oh, hold on, Cap. Their what? Their Bible. <laughs> so the Bible was for everybody. Their Bible. Okay. Mm. Read on. Called the Old Testament in the Christian world. Right. So the Bible is called the Old Testament in the Christian world. Go ahead. Composed over a long period of time out of mixture, out of a mixture of historical traditions, legal enactments, moral exhortations, and speculations. Right, and, and speculation because it's things that Esau don't understand. Right. Okay, go ahead. This book raises innumerable problems for the historian. This book raises, the Bible raises, it says innumerable problems for the historian. Why? Because they want to tell us that we're quote unquote Africans, right? Right. The Bible doesn't back that up. Read on. But it does provide an historical record far superior to that produced by any other ancient Near Eastern people. Now, I want y'all to be mindful. This is talking about the Bible. 
Read that part again. But it does provide an historical record far superior to that produced by any other ancient Near Eastern people. That's the Bible. It provides a historical record far superior than produced by any other people. Near hey, Eastern people. Yes, sir. Hey, Cap, if I'm not mistaken, that would be like Deuteronomy 28. Hundred percent, right? Hundred percent. Right. And, and but when you read, it says the book raises innumerable problems for the historians. Is because they're trying to combat the history of the Bible with other history. When when you go to the Bible, it's the most accurate book that you're ever going to read. Right. Right. Come on. The main outlines of the story it tells have been corroborated by other literary documents. So it's been backed up by other literary documents. Go ahead. And by archaeology. And archaeology. Come on. And it can be read as a serious introduction to Hebrew history. The Bible can be read as a serious introduction to Hebrew history. Okay. So again, you want to, you want to talk? No, I was just going to say serious. I, I wanted to stress that word serious. Right. A serious introduction. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, that's what the Bible is. So now, again, t today's title is The Sex During the Time of Christ, okay? And we're going to go through, uh, matter of fact, before we get started too far, let me get Psalms 19 and 7. The book of Psalms. Just chapter... to back up this point right here that they, they read right here. It the, says, like you said, the Bible is a serious, right? It said a serious introduction. Right. right. Psalms 19 and 7. The book of Psalms, chapter 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Mm-hmm. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. That's what we want right there. It says the testimony of the Lord is sure, meaning facts. The Bible is facts. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Come on. Making what? Making wise the simple. It's a serious introduction into our history. That's what this Bible is. That's what they're saying. The testimony is sure. It's facts. Backed up by, like the article said, I mean, the book said, uh, archaeology and other literary documents. Okay. So now give me the second one. Okay, sex. Let's define that real quick. Okay. Sex. Some of them are hearing the word and they think we may be saying something else, right? Right, right. Yeah. Cap, but real quick, right? The just the introduction in itself, they don't I don't think that they're, they're understanding what you just brought out. Get Psalms sixty eight and eleven. Right. This is why it says that it's serious, why it's the most accurate book. Why historians have a problem identifying history they have to come to the bible read what you got psalms chapter 68 verse 11 the lord gave the word the lord wrote the bible go ahead great was the company of those that published which it. were the hebrews it's our history book right okay go ahead cap oh praise good script so yeah let me get that uh definition right there sect Mid-14th century, distinctive system of beliefs or observances. So, again, the title is Sex During the Time of Christ. Sex, plural, as in S-E-C-T-S. -E Read it. Distinctive system of beliefs or observances. So a sect is distinctive system of beliefs or observances. Come on. Party or school within a religion. It says a party or school within mm. a religion. So... Within the Hebrew faith, quote unquote, you had different sects, okay, right. or different branches, so called, all right? Like today. Just like today, right? Go ahead. Uh, from Old French, secte, secte, sect, religious community. Right. So just jump down to the last part uh, meaning. Meaning, separately organized religious body. Okay, it, it says meaning, separately organized religious body. Okay, that's all we want. So now, give me the next one real quick. 
All right. So the first quote-unquote sect we're going to talk about are the publicans, okay? Are the publicans. I, I need that on the screen. All right. So read that for me. Publicans, tax collector. Okay, the publicans were tax collectors, all right? This was not necessarily a quote-unquote religious sect, more like a political, all right? So now, let's start. Give me that next one real quick on publicans. And we can just start at um, number one, officer, the burdens of a world power. The burdens of a world power. Certain of the problems emerging prior to the period 133 to 31 BC were especially dangerous to the Roman Republic. Go ahead. First, Romans, Rome's military success left her with a long frontier exposed to hostile foreigners and with a variety of conquered subjects to govern. It said what again? Rome what? First, Rome's military success mm -hmm. left her with a long frontier exposed to hostile foreigners right. and, a, and with a variety of conquered subjects to govern. Notice it says with a variety of conquered subjects to govern. Go ahead. Her citizen army was ill-suited and badly organized for the tedious burdens of defending the distant frontiers. Mm -hmm. So they were having troubles. How are we going to control these people? Read on. Moreover, the system developed to govern the conquered peoples was largely improvised. The Romans... It, it says the system developed to govern the conquered peoples was largely improvised. Okay, they figured out a strategy. Go ahead. The Romans were inclined to view conquered non-Italians simply as subjects to be exploited. Read on. Provincial administration gave absolute military and civil power to governors who were seldom held accountable for their conduct. Right, so they set up governors, and we're going to read about that a little bit later. Read on. The residents of each province were subject to heavy tribute. So this is the part we wanted. It says the residents were uh, the residents of each province were subject to heavy tribute. Go ahead. The collection of which was entrusted to tax farmers called publicans. Tax farmers called publicans. So the Romans used our people for their taxation, okay, to get money and wealth and so forth to exploit our people. They used our own people called publicans to collect taxes, called tax farmers. Uh, that's what it said, tax farmers, right? Pretty called, much the IRS. Public. Right, that's what it is, okay, the IRS. Read on. Who paid the Roman government what it expected from the provinces and then proceeded to extort all they could from the provincials. It says what again? They did what? Who paid the Romans gov the Roman government what it expected from the provinces okay, and then so, proceeded. So they, they paid what they were supposed to pay from the people. Go ahead. And then proceeded to extort all they could from the provincials. Right. So they got their own personal gain from their position. Okay. Right. So they used their position to exploit the people. All right. Now, give me the next one. Oh, wow. All right. Um, let's see. Let's skip that. Let's skip that. Go to Luke chapter two real quick. Luke chapter two. And give me. Um, we're going to. I want that, though, but I don't want it right now. Give me uh, Luke chapter two. Mm -hmm. And verse two. The book of Luke chapter two, verse two. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Mm -hmm. And all went to be taxed. Everyone into his own city. Come on. And Joseph also went up from Galilee. Read it from the top one more time. Verse two. 
And this taxing. Read verse 1, excuse me. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus Mm -hmm. that all the world should be taxed. Remember, it says they they tried to figure out how are we going to govern these people. It says, and they figured out a strategy, basically. It says Caesar Augustus made a decree that all the world should be taxed. Go ahead. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And it said they utilized governors, right? Come on. And all went to be taxed, mm-hmm. every one into his own city. Yep. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David. Okay, so that's all I wanted. I wanted y'all to see that that system was set up and is backed up by biblical proof. Okay. Augustus Caesar used Cyrenius to begin to tax our people. And Joseph was a participant of that. Okay. He went to pay his taxes with his wife. Now, give me. Did I have the um, Zondervan up there? Was it prior to this? Um, Go back up. Go up. What's five? Yeah. Yep, yep. Give me that. Let's just read that real quick. Zondervan's publican and under collector publican and under collector of Roman revenue of these there appeared to have been two classes the chief of the publicans whom Zacchaeus is an example Mm -hmm. the ordinary publican the lowest class of the servants engaged in the collecting of the revenue and of whom we have an instance in Levi who was afterwards the apostle Matthew. Right, so you had two different classes, upper class and lower class. It says Levi, who was afterward um, the apostle Matthew. Uh, Give me that in Mark chapter 2, real quick. Mark chapter 2, verse 14. Verse 14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the receipt of custom, Mm -hmm. and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose... And followed him. So no, the point is, we want this is Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of customs. Okay, he was in his job at his job where he takes the taxes. Okay, Christ saw him there, and he said, "Follow me." Read on. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Come on. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? So now it says publicans and sinners. Now get Matthew chapter nine. We're going to get the same account real quick. This says Levi, the son of Alphaeus there. All right. Matthew chapter nine, verse nine, nine. Yep. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew. Named who? Named Matthew. This is the same Levi, okay, that we just previously read in, um, what was that? Mark. Mark chapter 2, right? Come on. Sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, follow me. Right, follow me. So now, that's all, all I wanted you to see was Matthew and Levi talking about the same brother. But notice how the scribes and Pharisees call them, he said, publicans and sinners. 
But remember we read earlier, they not only did they utilize the office to pay, they paid the Romans, uh, okay, the taxes that they um, put on the people, but they use it to exploit, okay, and take money themselves. Now, give me um, the next article real quick. Yep, that's the one I want. Matthew. Matthew. Greek from Hebrew, gift of God. Matthew was the tax collector who was called by Jesus from his desk at the frontier town of Capernaum. He became one of the 12 apostles and was, by tradition, the author of the first gospel. Right. It says he became one of the 12 apostles. Okay. This is Matthew or quote unquote Levi. Read on. Written for Jews by a Jew. To present Jesus as the Messiah. Wait a minute. It says the, the author of the first gospel written for Jews by a Jew. Wow. Okay. Telling you who it's for. Okay. Mm. Like we read earlier. Their Bible, right? Mm. They, they, they wrote their Bible. Right. Same thing. We don't. Very little about Matthew, the man, can be discovered from the New Testament unless he is the author of the first gospel. Mm -hmm. Apart from his call... All other references to Matthew are found only within lists of apostles. Okay, so stop there. Give me Luke chapter 3. We're going to um, speed up just a little bit. Luke chapter 3, verse 10. Okay, because we read that they utilized the office to exploit the people for their own personal gain. Luke chapter 3, verse 10. Luke chapter 3, verse 10. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? This is when they came to John the Baptist. Read on. He answereth and saith unto them, he that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. Mm -hmm. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Read on. Then came also publicans to be baptized. Then came who? Publicans to be baptized. Then came the publicans or the tax collectors to be baptized. So they came, although they had a job to mm -hmm. do, they came to repent. Mm -hmm. Okay, read on. And said unto him, Master, what shall we do? So what do we got to do? Do I need to quit my job? Read on. And he saith, and he said unto them, mm -hmm. Exact no more than that which is appointed you. Exact no more than that which is appointed unto you. Don't exploit your people. Right. Okay? That's what that's saying. We read that they began to do that. They had to repent out of that thing. Okay? Read on. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them. So that's all I want. All right, so we're going to get to the next one. Give me um, number seven, the next title page. We're going to jump to the next uh, sec real quick. So read this for me. Epicureans believed in seeking pleasure. Okay, the Epicureans believed in seeking pleasure. Okay, they taught to seek pleasure. Basically that YOLO lifestyle. Mm -hmm. All right, give me um, the next one real quick. Yep, at the bottom, bottom right corner. You can read that from the top. Epicureans. Let's the followers of Epicurus, the Greek philosopher, he taught that the chief pur purpose of man is to achieve happiness. He taught that the chief purpose of man is to achieve happiness, okay, seeking pleasure. But there's a catch to it, read on. For the philosopher, the highest joy is found in mental and intellectual pursuits. 
But for lesser souls, it says for the philosopher, the highest joy is found in mental and intellectual pursuits. So focus on things that stimulate your mind is what it's saying. Read on. But for lesser souls, lower goals of sensual satisfaction fulfill the greatest pleasure. Right. More carnal pleasures is what he's going into. Read on. Thus, the high standards of the founder were not maintained and the philosophy gained a bad reputation. So people began to take that seeking pleasure as a physical thing, carnal, mm -hmm. right? Not things that stimulate your mind, but hey, like I said, YOLO, fulfill your desires. Sow your oil your ropes or whatever they can, right, right, whatever right, they right, say, right. you know? Read on. It was widely held at the time of Christ. Paul. It, it was what? It was widely held at the time of Christ. Mm hmm Paul met it at Athens when he encountered its philosophers. Okay, so now give me the next, give me the link real quick. Okay. It was widely held during the time of Christ. That's what I want right there. Yep. Religion. Epicureanism does not deny the existence of the gods. So they don't, notice it says they don't deny the existence of the gods, plural. Read on. Rather, it denies their involvement in the world. So that's one of their quote-unquote doctrines is they, they didn't believe that the Most High or the gods quote-unquote uh, had any involvement with us mm -hmm. physically on the earth. They just existed and did their own thing in their own realm. Read that part again. Epicureanism does not deny the existence of the gods. Rather, it denies their involvement in the world. According to Epicureanism, the gods do not interfere with human lives or the rest of the universe in any way. Okay, give me the next article. Isn't that like Greek mythology, what they was doing with Zeus and all of them? Uh, no, don't no. interfere with Hercules and all. Don't interfere with yep. the humans. Yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's where it came from. Read. Epicureanism argued that pleasure was the chief good in life. Right. Like I said, they taught to seek pleasure. It says they argued that pleasure was the chief good in life. Read on. Hence, Epicurus advocated living in such a way as to derive the greatest amount of pleasure possible during one's lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yet doing so moderately in order to avoid the suffering incurred by overindulgence in such pleasure. Emphasis was placed on pleasures of the mind rather than on physical pleasures. Same thing we read earlier. Go ahead. Unnecessary and especially artificially produced desires were to be suppressed. It says unnecessary and especially artificial, artificially produced desires. Okay. Carnal things were to be suppressed. Read on. Since the political life could give rise to desires that could disturb virtue and one's peace of mind, such as a lust for power or a desire for fame, participation in politics was discouraged. Read on. Further, Epicurus sought to eliminate the fear of the gods and of death. So, like, I, like I said earlier, he, they believed that the gods had no involvement with us on earth. earth. So you know how um, Deuteronomy 28, we read and it says, okay, if you keep my commandments... Blessings. If you don't, curses. Right. He's like, nah, nah. Mm. The most I don't deal with us like that. Okay. Mm. Read on. Seeing those two fears as chief causes of strife in life. Mm -hmm. So they said, that, no, brother, that causes strife in life. So we eliminate the fear of gods and death. Come on. Epicurus actively recommended against passionate love. Mm -hmm. So it says they recommended against passionate love. Like I said earlier, stimulation of the mind. Read on. And believed it best to avoid marriage altogether. Uh huh. He viewed recreational sex as natural, as so, a natural. So, wait a minute. It says he viewed recreational sex as a natural. 
Read on. So that's basically whoremongering, right? right? Your rocks off. <laughs> Don't get married, but you can just go out and just get yeah. you some, you know? Recreational sex. Yeah. Read on. He viewed recreational sex as a natural but not necessary desire that should be generally avoided. Yeah, but it, well, it's not necessary. You could do it, but it's not necessary. Okay, but they didn't promote marriage. So notice it said earlier in that other article that this thing, uh, how, how did it say? It said that Pro it started as talking about mental stimulation, but people took it as, oh, I need to, that lower carnal physical pleasure. Right, and that thing prospered during the time of Christ. Okay, so you had a lot of our people into this foolishness, that YOLO lifestyle. Okay, so now give me um, Wisdom of Solomon 2 verse 6 real quick. Because you mentioned, officer, earlier about that Greek stuff, right? Right, right. Right, watch this. Wisdom of Solomon 2, verse 6. The book of Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 6. Come on, therefore, let us enjoy the good things that are present. So now, guess what? This is talking about, let me see, uh, where, where does it say? Uh, oh, verse 1. Verse 1 is the point. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1. For the ungodly said, Reasoning within themselves. That's all I want right there. The ungodly. So this is primarily talking about the other nations. Give me start at verse six again. But the point with the point, what I want you all to see is during the time of Greece, our people began to take on these particular philosophies and customs of the other nations. And this was the lifestyle. Verse six. I read verse one wrong. Let me read it one more time. Can yeah, go ahead. For the ungodly said, reasoning with themselves, but not aright. But not aright. Right. That's the point. The ungodly, the other nations, the Gentiles. Verse six. Verse six. Come on, therefore, let us enjoy the good things that are present mm -hmm. and let us speedily use the creatures like as in youth. Come on. Let us fill ourselves with costly wine and ointments and let no flower of the spring pass by us. Uh -huh. Let us crown ourselves with let, rose. Let, let no flower of the spring pass by us. So recreational. Just, right. Right. Yeah, right. Just get you some, you know, read on. Let us crown ourselves with rosebuds mm -hmm. before they be withered. Yep. Let none of us go without his part of our voluptuousness. Let us leave tokens of our joyfulness in every place. Damn. Let us leave tokens of our joyfulness in every place. What is that going into? What's what's the clean way? I, it's it's uh, it's it's going into whoremongering. Right. Get the definition of I put it up there, voluptuous. Because we use that to describe a woman's body, curvaceous and yeah. stuff. But there's another definition for it. Get the definition number two and get the synonyms. Voluptuous. Relating to or characterized by luxury or sensual pleasure. All right. get Go down. Hedonistic. Cyberetic. Epicurean. Uh -oh. Epicurean. Go yeah. ahead. Um, hit, hit the button. Hit the button. Yeah. Um, just give me that one over there to the far right that starts with an L. Down, right there. Lascivious. That's that's the point. Yep. They they lived a lascivious lifestyle, pleasure-seeking lifestyle. That's what the captain is bringing out. So this right here is talking about them going out and having sex with other women, so forth and so on, planting their seed everywhere. That's what they're saying. Go ahead, Captain. Oh, praises. So, yeah, I just want to touch that real quick. Um, that's just a quick note on the Epicurean. So, let's let's move to the next one, um, number 12. All right. Stoics. Repressed feelings identified God with the universe. Mm-hmm. That's it? Read again. Stoics. Repressed feelings 
identified God with the universe. It says they identified God with the universe. So basically, God is in all things. All in one, God is in all, basically. Okay? Give me the next one real quick. <clears throat> yep, at the top. And they got to understand, when it's talking about the Greeks and so forth, we took on those Greek customs. Absolutely. Because they're seeing, they might be seeing Greek and so forth, and, and, and they're thinking that it's talking about Esau. These are talking about our people that were um, pretty much baptized themselves into these Greek customs and lived those lifestyles during the, t uh, the time of Christ. Right. Right. All praise. Thank you. Stoicism. School of philosophy founded by the Greek Zeno. System of pantheistic or, or pantheistic monoism, right? Pantheistic monism right. regarded ver, regarded virtue as highest good. Ethics were austere, unmoved by pleasure or pain. Read it one more time from the top. Stoicism, school of philosophy founded by the Greek Zeno. Mm -hmm. System of pantheistic. Pantheistic monoism, like I said, which means all in one, one in all, God is in all, so forth and so on, right? Read on. Pantheistic monism. Right. Regarded. And so pantheistic means many, okay? They tolerated all gods and so forth. Um, give me the next one real quick. Give me the next one. <clears throat> Should be a link. Yep. You can start from the top right there. Pantheism. Pantheism is the belief that everything composes an all-encompassing, imminent God. It says, uh, pantheism is the belief that everything composes an all-encompassing, imminent God. Like I said, God is in everything. You look at this piece of gold right here. That's that's God, brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Similar read on. to Hinduism. Yeah. Read on. Or... That the universe or nature is identical with divinity. Or that the universe or nature is identical with divinity. Uh, give me that scripture real quick in Wisdom of Solomon. What do they always say? Just speak it into the universe and it'll, it'll, come, it'll come to light. Right, <laughs> right. So Wisdom of Solomon 13, verse, verse 1. Wisdom of Solomon chapter 13, verse 1. This was the mindset. Read. Surely vain are all men by nature. Yep. Who are ignorant of God. Who are ignorant of God. Read on. And could not out of the good things that are seen know him that is. Mm -hmm. Neither by considering the works did they acknowledge their work master. They didn't acknowledge the work master. They just saw the elements as gods. Okay. Read on. But deemed either fire. This is the point. But deemed either fire. Or wind. Uh -huh. Or the swift air. Or the circle of the stars. Or the violent water. Or the lights of heaven. To be the gods which govern the world. Right. To be the gods that govern the, that govern the world. That's that pantheistic monoism. Read on. With whose beauty, if they being delighted, took them to be gods. Mm -hmm. Let them know how much better the Lord of them is. Let them acknowledge. This is the righteous side. You're supposed to acknowledge. And when you see the beauty in those different things, acknowledge the most high. Read on. Is that it? For the first author of beauty hath created them. For the first author of beauty, the Most High, with his son, created those things. Okay? These elements were not God's. Now, give me that in Acts 17. Okay? Because we just touched on the Epicureans. Now we're on the Stoics, right? So now, let's read about them real quick in Acts 17. 
Okay. Start at um, 16. Acts chapter 17, verse 16. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. Now where's Athens at? Greece. Greece. Mm-hmm. Right? Greece. While Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. Read on. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. He saw the whole city given to idolatry. Read on. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews Mm -hmm. and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met him. Come on. Met with him. Read on. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans. Of who? Of the Epicureans. Come on. And of the Stoics. Right. Encountered him. So this, these two last groups we just touched on, they encountered Paul. Read on. And some said, what will this babbler say? So it says, some said, what will this babbler say? Go ahead. Other some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, mm-hmm. because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Right. It says he preached unto them Jesus and the res- resurrection. Remember, some of them thought that the gods, quote unquote, don't have any involvement. Okay, some of them didn't believe in spirits and, and whatnot at all. So read it again from 18. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. Mm-hmm. And some said, what will this babbler say? Come on. Other some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Right, what is this Jesus and this resurrection stuff? Come on. And they took him and brought him unto Aero. Aeropagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? So tell us about this quote unquote new doctrine. Read on. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. Mm -hmm. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For, For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. It says they spent that time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear a new thing. That's what they did all the time. All the time. These philosophers and so forth. Epicureans and Stoics. Tell me something new, brother. Share some new knowledge with me. Read on. Right. <laughs> then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. You brothers and sisters are too superstitious. Read on. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, Mm -hmm. whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. So they had, it says, uh, for I passed by and behold your devotions. I found an altar with an inscription to the unknown God. So they had these different things set up, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, worshiping the God. Remember they had, it was a monotheism. uh, pantheistic monoism Mm -hmm. they saw gods in everything okay but it said pantheistic monoism mono means one so they knew there was a god they just didn't know they were worshiping the most high ignorantly okay in these different elements jump down to verse um no keep going keep going verse 24 what is that 23 right that was 23 jump to hold on let me see something real quick um yeah just keep going keep going verse 24 God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, Mm -hmm. neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath 
and all things. Come on. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Yep. And hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord. What verse we at? Verse, this is verse 27. All right, come on. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him. That they should seek the Lord if happily, meaning perhaps they might feel after him. Read on. And find him. And find him. Come on. Though he be not far from every one of us. Come on. For in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said. You see that it says for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said. So Paul used their teachings to edify them. Like, listen, I know you guys honor a, a quote unquote God. He's in everything and all so, so right. forth. He's in us, but you got to worship him the right way. This, these, this idolatry that y'all into to the un, unknown God, these inscriptions and so forth. This is idolatry here. Okay. What you are attempting to do is, is in wickedness. Let me show you how to do it on the right hand side. Right. Come on. For we are also his offspring. Mm -hmm. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold. You see that? Like I said, they thought it was in these different elements. That, right, that, right, right, right. Like Wisdom of Solomon 13. Mm -hmm. Okay. They deemed it the fire, wood, and so forth and so on as gods. It says for, for as much what? For as much then as we are the offspring of God, mm -hmm. we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. Right, brothers, you simple as hell. <laughs> okay, you ought to not think this little this little piece of gold is is God, okay? Yes, he created it, but this is not God. Come on. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So there was a time the most high winked at your ignorance, but now it's time to repent. Now the message is coming out. It's time to repent. Because notice it started in verse, um, verse, read 18 again. Verse 18. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics yep. encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? Mm -hmm. Other some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he <laughs> preacheth unto them Jesus and the resurrection. He taught unto them Christ and the resurrection. Remember, under the old covenant, you cannot be forgiven for idolatry. So the foundation was always Christ. He came in to teach Christ and repentance. Keep the laws and the faith of Christ. Jump down. You want to touch on something? Um, I was going to get the law on it. Yeah, go ahead. Get that Deuteronomy in uh, 4 and 16. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 16. We go into 19. Lest ye corrupt yourselves... And make you a graven image. Go ahead. The similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven Go ahead. shouldest be driven to worship them and do what shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. And we 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 see that today. Yep. You know, all of that stuff goes back to ancient history. That's why the Most High told us it go it goes back to Egypt. That's why He told us when we came out, don't do that. 
But get Jeremiah 31 real quick. What is the reason why the sun, moon, and stars are here? Jeremiah chapter 31. 35. Verse 35. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me. He said, if those things cease to exist. Go ahead. Saith the Lord. Then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Those things are put here for us to remember that we're God's chosen people. That's mm -hmm. the only reason why those things are here. Right. Go Remember, ahead, remember Sirach says they, uh, they provide service to man or something like that. It right. Says. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Those things are created for us and you turn that to be a guy. Like, come on, man. These brothers were simple. But again, Paul came to teach them repentance. So uh, jump down. We'll keep going. Where were you at? 30? We were beginning verse 31. Okay, keep going. Acts chapter 17, verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, mm -hmm. whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and in that he hath raised from him, raised him from the dead. Correct, Christ, come on. And when they heard of the resurrection... Of the dead, some mocked. Right, some mocked because, because, remember, some did not believe God's involvement with us on earth at all. Okay, once you die, that's it. Read on. Others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. Mm -hmm. So some, it was intriguing to them. Some repented. Read on. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit certain men clave unto him mm -hmm. and believed. Among the which was Dionysus, the Aeropagite. And a woman named Demaris. Right. So, again, some of them repented. So we read earlier, um, going back to the publicans, you had uh, Levi or Matthew. He repented. You had Zacchaeus also, too. Zacchaeus, right. He was another one, right. We, didn't, we, didn't, we weren't able to get that. But Zacchaeus, um, some of the Stoics and Epicureans, some of them repented, right? So the, uh, the foundation of this was always coming in there to teach them Christ and repentance, right? Mm -hmm. Now, give me the next one real quick. Uh, we're going to go to 15, matter of fact. What's heavy what you bringing out is, Cap, is that all of these different uh, sects, so forth, that was in the time of Christ, it's the same thing that we have today with the brothers and sisters that may be in uh, Africanism or yep. all these different things. And yep. our job is to go out and teach them, right. understand where they're coming from, and be able to edify them to bring them back to the scriptures. Right. And you're not necessarily going to get a whole bunch. Like you said, they mentioned two. They said there were others of them, but they mentioned two. Right. And you see the stage was set like even when we teach in the street, mm -hmm. uh, you got the Epicureans and, and what are they called? Stoics. The Stoics, you yeah. know. So they, that group is out there and Paul is dealing with them. And it's the same thing that we deal with when we go out and teach. Yep. Yep. And he utilized their doctrine, okay, to show them like some of the things that y'all got is y'all touching on it, but you just not quite there yet, you know. So, uh, yeah, give me the next one. Zealots refused to adhere to the taxation from Rome. And and just as a reminder, like Eli touched on earlier, this is all our history, okay? All these different sects or groups is all talking about Israel like we started, okay? This Bible was written, uh, what did it say? Their Bible. The, right, their Bible, okay, by the prophets. Now, give me um number 16 real quick. 16. And yep, yep, that's it. Zealot, 
a member of a Jewish patriotic party. Now here's Esau with his rhetoric. Okay, Jewish. They gotta throw that that ish in there. No, these were Israelites. Okay, right. a member of a Israelite patriotic party. Read on. Started in the time of Cyrenaeus to resist <laughs> Roman aggression. It says to resist Roman aggression, the taxation. That's what it's talking about. Read on. According to Josephus, just skip the all the, that Roman numeral. Just the zealots yep. resorted to violence and assassination it's in a, their hatred of the Romans. The zealots resorted to violence and assassination in their hatred of the Romans. Read on. Simon the zealot was distinguished from Simon Peter by this epithet. Okay, so now give me the next one real quick. All right. These brothers resorted to violence and assassination to oppose the taxation of Rome. I think it's going to be the bottom. Yeah, it's the bottom. Yep. But of the fourth sect of Jewish philosophy, Judas the Galilean was the author. These men agree in all other things. So with the it didn't mention the name there. It says, but of the fourth sect, that's talking about the zealots. Um, Ju Judas the Galilean was the author. That's not talking about Judas the quote-unquote Iscariot. Judas the Galilean. We're going to touch on him in a second. Read on. These men agree in all other things with the Pharisaic notions, but they have an in... It says they agree in all other things with the Pharisaic notions. So they did believe they had... It, it called them a patriotic. Go back to that previous one real quick. Just that previous one. Just real quick. Keep that one up. Right. So notice it, it says here. A member of a Jewish patriotic party. That's the point I wanted. A member of a Jewish patriotic party. Go back. So they had the same. Meaning they, they, was, they was about what the forefathers uh, taught about right in terms of the laws in terms of the laws yep. but you know in terms of being taxed and, and the other stuff that the pharisees dealt with they was like nah yeah hell no we're not doing that okay so read six but of the fourth sect of jewish philosophy judas the galilean was the author mm -hmm. these men agree in all other things with the pharisaic notions but they have an inviolable attachment to liberty and they said, and they say that God is to be their only ruler and Lord. They have an inviolable attachment to liberty. Like, listen, by all means necessary, our freedom is is gonna come. Okay, it said earlier through violence and assassination. Like that group, uh, I don't remember the name of them. That group that's walking around with the guns and all of that. Right, right. Same thing today. There's nothing new under the sun. That's exactly not what we read. around movie. Right, right. Them people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they're not following the, you know, can we get uh, Romans 13 and 1? The Zealots uh, was similar to like that Malcolm X era when you had the Bobby Seal on them where Malcolm X came out and he, they had the guns like, yo, we're we going to fight for this if we have to. Right. They had that similar mentality. What do you right. say? By all means necessary. <laughs> yep. Go ahead, read that. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Uh-huh. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. At this time, this is the Romans. You be subject to the higher powers. So if they're telling you to, you know, pay your taxes, you know, pay your taxes. It's the same thing we got to do today. You know, just don't extort your people. Go ahead, read on. For there is no power but of God. Uh-huh. God ordained. Well, I was going to say, read it. The powers that be are ordained of God. Uh-huh. God or ordained them to be 
rulers over us right now because of our disobedience towards God, not following his law, statutes, and commandments. Read on. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. Uh-huh. So that's that's the whole deal right there. You resist the powers, you resist the ordinance of God. You know, they, they want to fight against the powers that God set up. Right. Uh, Cap, can, let me get a scripture real quick. Uh, Baruch 3, Baruch 3 and 8, and then you... It's showing you that there's things like Christ wasn't teaching that, you know they they were very that's what it called zealots, but they right. were they were zealous. zealous in their own way, right? Uh, without necessarily really understanding what Christ was teaching, right? And that's that. I'm glad you said that because that's the root word is zeal, mm-hmm. right? Of zealot, mm-hmm. right? Go ahead. Baruch chapter three verse eight. Come on. Behold, we are yet this day in our captivity. Now that's back when Baruch was bringing it out. It it hasn't changed. Go ahead. Where thou hast scattered us Read. for a reproach and a curse and to be subject to payments. And to be subject to payments. So get Matthew real quick, 17, and let's understand what Christ taught. Just in case some of our brothers and sisters online are listening and they they have that, that zealot or zealot spirit on them. We to go against we don't take up arms, brother. <laughs> we want to go. We want to. We ain't paying taxes. OK, don't pay your taxes if you want to. Let's see what Christ did. Matthew 24. We, Matthew we, chapter hey, 7. We're not, we not coming to bail you out. No, no. <laughs> you you got to stay there, brother. Yeah. Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. Come on. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? Does, does Christ not pay taxes? Go ahead. He saith, Yes. Read. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? And it's important to think about that because if you're in rulership, you're not going to tax your own people. Right. But if you're not in rulership, what they're saying is who you think they're going to get their money from? Mm -hmm. They're going to get their money from the servants. Right. Go ahead. Peter saith unto him, of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, then are the children free. Read 27. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Offend who? The powers that be. Go ahead. Go thou to the sea, and cast and hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. That take and give unto them for me and thee. So Christ, even in himself, he he kept the powers that be. He kept the, the tribute, and he paid his taxes. So, you know, the zealots, were, they had their zeal, but, you know, they wasn't keeping all the laws. Yep, they went off. That's it? Yes, all, sir. All praises. So give me um, Acts 1 and 13. Before we get to Acts, though, get, get um, Acts, um, not Acts 1, Acts 5. I want Acts 5 first and then Acts 1. Yes, sir. Acts 5 and 37. Acts chapter 5, verse 37. After this man rose up, Judas... Start at at 36. Acts chapter 5, verse 36. You know what? 34. Acts chapter 5, verse 34. Yep. Then stood there up one of the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel. Come on. A doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. Come on. And said unto them, Ye men of Israel... Take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. So be very mindful on what you planning on do to the apostles. Read on. For before these days rose up Theodos, 
boasting himself to be somebody, mm-hmm. to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, whom was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. Come on. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing. In the days of the taxing. Okay, so this was, uh, as it said earlier, of the zealots, it says Judas of Galilee was the author. I think it said the author. Read on. And drew away much people after him. Mm-hmm. He he also perished. He also perished. So Judas, like, like you said, he wasn't following Romans 13. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although technically it wasn't there at that time. Right. Okay. Christ and the apostles knew like the the, uh, the Romans are over us for a reason. Okay. We we just came out of Greece, uh, Persia, Babylon, right. so forth and so on. We right. got to obey these nations. Okay. Read on. And all even as many as obeyed him were dispersed. Mm-hmm. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. If it be of men, it will come to naught. So this zealot movement was of men. It, t- it told you right there in verse 37. Read 37 again. Verse 37. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him, He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. Everybody got put to death or dispersed. Acts 1 and 13. Acts chapter 1, verse 13. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John Mm -hmm. and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelides. And Simon Zelides, okay, or Zelides, okay, come on. Is and Judas, the brother of James. Right, so that's all I wanted was Simon Zelides. Simon was a former zealot, okay? He was called Zelides as to distinguish him from Simon Peter, okay? But he was came out of this sect and repented and started following Christ. So we read all these different groups. There was always believers that came out of them and start following the doctrine of Christ, mm. okay? Matthew 10, 10 and verse uh, 2. Matthew chapter 10 and I, verse 2. I, I want to get to the point. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, 2, I think. Matthew chapter 10, verse 2. Yep, that's it. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, mm-hmm. and Andrew his brother. So there was Simon, Peter, and Andrew his brother. Go ahead. James, the son of Zebedee, and John his brother. Mm-hmm. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus. So it mentioned Matthew, the publican. Remember, we read about him earlier. Go ahead. And Labaius, who his surname was Thaddeus. Read on. Simon, the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Right. So here, Simon is called the Canaanite. Okay. This is the same Simon Zelides or Simon the Zealot. Now, give me that um, definition real quick. Simon. And then we're going to get ready to take a break. All right. Simon, one of the 12 apostles called the Canaanite. Called the Canaanite. That's what we just read, right? Come on. Matthew 10 and 4, Mark 3 and 18. Mm -hmm. This word Canaanite does not mean a native of Canaan, but is derived from the Syriac word Canaan or Canaanian, or Canaaniah. How you pronounce it? Canaaniah. (laughs) Canaaniah, which was the name of a Jewish sect. Which was the name of a Jewish sect. Okay, read on. The revised version as Canaanian. Marginal notes. Marginal notes or zealot. Or zealot. Okay. He is also called Zelides. So 
that word Canaan is a deviation of, it says Canaan spelled with a K, K-A-N-E-A-N or Cananiah, which means zealot. All right. So um, let's take a break real quick, right? Yes, yes sir. Yes, yes, sir. All right. We'll be back, Israel. Stay tuned. Hey, all praises. All praises to the most high. Welcome back. Welcome back. I was sitting there watching that um that, that promo, that commercial there. I'm thinking about the same thing we're going over. Right. How Paul had to go out and, and reach out to these different groups and so forth and teach them repentance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all praise. Perfect timing for that. So give me the um give me the next one. Let's jump right into it. What's that real quick? The Acts of the Apostles continue? Right. All praises. The Acts of the Apostles continue. Exactly. The Essenes, modest ones, practiced extreme self-denial. Right. It says they practiced extreme self-denial. Okay. They believed in fate. Okay. All things common amongst themselves. Uh, Give me the next one real quick. Twenty one. Um, let's see. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. But um, yeah, just read it from the top. Nine. At this time, there were three sects among the Jews who had different opinions concerning human actions. The one was called the sect of the Pharisees, another the sect of the Sadducees, and the other the sect of the Essenes. Mm-hmm. Come on. Now, for the Pharisees, they say that some actions, but not all, are the work of fate. Some actions are the work of fate. Read on. And some of them are in our own power, mm-hmm. and that they are liable to fate, yep. but are not caused by fate. Come on. But the sect of the Essenes affirm that fate governs all things. Okay, so this is one of their philosophies, that fate governs all. Okay, read on. But are not caused by fate. And that but the, not, you lost your spot. Yes, sir. All and right. that nothing befalls men but what is a, according to its determination. Right. Read it again. That part again. Read it from the top. But but the sect of the Essenes confirm that fate governs they, all things. They affirm. They affirm that what? That fate governs all things. Mm-hmm. And that nothing befalls men but what is according to its determination. Right. So I- anything that happens to you is just going to happen regardless, right? They believe fate governs all. Give me the next one real quick. That's all I wanted on that part right there. All right. Page 148. Yep. Um, Go down. Yep. The Essene sought. You see it? Yes, sir. The Essenes sought to break through the letter of Hebraic law to spiritual purity and to realize their ideals by withdrawal from the Jewish community into an aesthetic life. That's why in the title page, um, it said the modest ones there. Okay. It says they sought to break through the letter of the Hebraic law to spiritual purity and to realize their ideals by withdrawal from the Jewish community or the Israelite community to a step to an ecstatic life. Okay. Read on added to these groups were innumerable individual prophets. Okay. Come on. Such as John the Baptist crying out that deliverance was at hand. So read it from the top again. 
I, I just wanted to stop there, but read it from the top. The Essenes, the the Essenes sought to break through the letter of Hebraic law to spiritual purity and to realize their ideals by withdrawal from the Jewish community into an ascetic life. So notice it says they sought to break through the letter of the Hebraic law. Give me, um, and then further down, uh, they, um, to realize their ideals by withdrawal from the Jewish community. Give me Leviticus 20 and 26, and we're going to come back to that real quick. Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 26. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from other people. Right, and it said severed you from other people, the other nations. But the Essenes said to hell with everybody, okay? If you're not with us, to hell with you, basically. They separated themselves from the Israelites and everybody, okay? They excluded themselves out in the wilderness somewhere. Go back to that real quick. Let's touch on one more point. Okay, the, the actual scriptures don't talk a lot about these brothers, and that's for a reason, right? But... Let's uh, just touch it real quick. The assessing. From the top. Yep. The Essenes sought to break through the letter of Hebraic law to spiritual purity and to realize their ideals by withdrawal from the Jewish community into an ascetic life. Mm -hmm. Now, ascetic life means extreme denial from your urges, your wants, personal things like, oh, I want a house, a car, this and that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like uh, those Catholic priests. Yeah, right. Is that it? Abstaining from stuff that you, you don't even have to abstain from according to the law. Right, exactly. So um, give me the next one real quick. All right. Ecstatic life. Okay. Extreme denial, self-mortification, and so forth. Page 377. Yep. From the top right there. The doctrine of the Essenes is this. That all things are best ascribed to God. They teach the immorality of souls and esteem that the rewards of righteousness are to be earnestly striven for. And when they send what they have to dedicate to God into the temple, they do not offer sacrifices. They didn't offer sacrifices. Go ahead. Because they have more pure illustrations, that says, of um, their own. Illustrations. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's cut off. Of their own, on which account they are excluded from the common court of the temple. I think it's, it's justrations, right? Oh, I think that is a J. Let's look that word up real quick. Read it from the top. The doctrine of the essence is this, that all things are best ascribed to God. They teach the immorality of souls and esteem that the rewards of righteousness are to be earnestly striven for. And when they send what they have dedicated to God into the temple, they do not offer sacrifices. I think it's illustration. Because they have more pure illustrations of their own, mm -hmm. on which account they are ex excluded from the common court of the temple, but offer their sacrifices themselves. Right, so like I said, Leviticus twenty twenty six, they took that too literal, okay? They said to hell with everybody, we're going to do our own thing, okay? Read on. Yet is their course of life better than that of other men, mm -hmm. and they entirely addict themselves to husbandry. It also derives... Husbandry meaning work in the fields and so forth. Read on. It also deserves our admiration how much they exceed all other men that addict themselves to virtue, and this is righteous. 
And this in righteousness. It says that addict themselves to virtue, meaning, again, extreme denial of any type of desire that you want at all. Anything you want, you feel like you, you got an urge to get something, deny it, brother. You know, come on. And indeed, to such a degree that as it hath never appeared among any other men, neither Greeks nor barbarians, no, not for a little time, so hath it endured a long while among them. This is demonstrated by that institution of theirs, which will not suffer anything to hinder them from having all things in common. Okay, so it says they had all things in common. Read on. So that a rich man enjoys no more of his own wealth than he who hath nothing at all. Right, so they shared their wealth amongst each other. Okay, come on. There are about 4,000 men that live in this way and neither marry wives nor are desirous to keep servants mm -hmm. as thinking the latter tempts men to be unjust. So it says uh, there are about 4,000 men to live in this way and neither marry wives. So now you remember um, in first Tim Timothy, right. I, I had it. get it. Go ahead. Get that in first yeah. Timothy. Um, Cause it's funny how Paul addresses a lot of these different these groups. Doc doctrines he, and yeah. So he forth. deals yep. with these different groups. Yep. First Timothy chapter four, verse three. Um, but read verse one. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Yeah. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Mm, go ahead. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's pretty much how they was moving. Right. Right. Yep. What's the first thing Paul addresses? Forbidding to marry. That's what they're talking about, forbidding to marry. Now, Christ says something about this also. Get Matthew 19 and verse 12. It doesn't necessarily say that these were the Essenes, but he, based off of what we're reading, you can kind of assess that uh, this particular part is what Christ might be talking about. Matthew chapter 19, verse 12. For there are some eunuchs which were born which were so born from their mother's womb. Uh-huh. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. Like Daniel. Go ahead. And there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs. Meaning, for the meaning they're abstaining from being married. All right? Meaning they're, they're choosing not to, to have sex with women. Okay? With a wife. They're not choosing to take a wife. Go ahead. Which have made themselves eunuchs for the, for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Mm -hmm. yep. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So it, Christ is not necessarily saying it. He didn't say his scenes, but this this sounds like them. Right. It's, it's basically addressing the doctrine. Okay? Right. Yeah, brothers, some brothers don't marry for the kingdom. Okay. So they had that particular belief that you don't marry wives. And it's going to tell you why. Uh, start again. Is, is, that, is that why it said... Uh, the speaking lies and hypocrisy because you don't have to get married. But if you tell somebody that they can't, the Bible don't say that. Exactly. So right. that's why it's not a doctrine according to the, the actual faith. Right. Right. Um, read that part again from there are about 4,000. There are about 4,000 men that live in this way and neither marry wives nor are desirous to keep servants as thinking the latter tempts men to be unjust. That's the servants. Go ahead. And the former Gives the handle to domestic quarrels. It says the former, meaning having a wife, gives the handle to domestic quarrels. It's just problems, brother. Yeah. She's going to run her mouth. She's going to shut the hell up. Yeah, Paul's like, it's going to be trouble in the flesh. <laughs> right. So they just said, listen, to hell with it. We're not even going to deal with them. 
All right. So now that's it. We're gonna we're gonna move on from them. Uh, give me the next one real quick. Uh, Twenty four. That was heavy right there, Cap. Herodians supported Roman rule. Right. So this was a sect of Israelite uh, Israelites that followed Esau. Okay, and held strong to the Roman Empire. They attached themselves to the Herodians. Okay, or Herod. I'll say it like that. Herod. They called themselves Herodians. Give me the next one real quick. And then I want to get um, Matthew 22, um, 14, after we read this. Herodians, a party mentioned in the New Testament three times. Matthew 22. You can skip the scriptures. As joining with the Pharisees to oppose Jesus. So it says they joined with the Pharisees to oppose Christ. Read on. Jews who supported the dynasty of Herod. See, he read it real fast. Jews, Israelites. Who did what? Supported the dynasty of Herod. They supported the dynasty of Herod. So this is more like a political, okay, sect of the Israelites, not necessarily religious. Because right. it says they joined with the Pharisees. Now, uh, is that it? Okay, it says supported the dynasty of Herod and therefore the rule of Rome. All right, give me Matthew 22. Pretty much old Republican. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. Herodians. Matthew chapter 22, 14. Verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. Come on. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians. Disciple, the, the Pharisees sent out unto him their disciples, it says, with the Herodians. Go ahead. Saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teacheth the way of God in truth. Mm -hmm. Neither carest thou for any man. So look at these brothers being fake. Okay. Master Christ, brothers, we know that thou art true and thou teachest the way of God in truth. We know it. Okay. Come on. Mm -hmm. For thou regardest not the person of men. Mm -hmm. You don't have respect to persons. Go ahead. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness. And said, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? All right, that's all I wanted. It says, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Okay, you want to touch on that? No, I, I was I was saying, we remember, we read in Matthew 17, they had already went to Peter about that. Right. And Peter told them that he paid tribute. Right. Now so now, they come, now they're coming to him with right. the flim flam to, to get him. <laughs> the flim flam. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're trying to catch him up, even though Peter already told him that he pays his tribute. Right. Because it said, read um, read 15 again. Verse 15. Yep. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. Right, the flim flam. Mm -hmm. Trying to entangle him in his talk. Trying to, you know, find something to twist his words up. Okay. Give me Matthew. Um, no, Mark 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 6. The book of Mark chapter 3 and verse 6. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians... Against him, how they might destroy him. Right, that's all I wanted. It says the Pharisees went forth straightway and took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. So remember, this group right here was all about Herod's kingdom, upholding Rome. So this new guy, Christ, coming on the scene, 
the hell with this guy. We we love the white man. We love Esau. Hmm. You notice that those two would always stay together, right? Right. The the heavy part about that is like what you was bringing out, Cap, is that um, why would the Herodians be there? So if he said anything that was off, they was gonna take it. They was gonna take it to Rome. Exactly. Yep. Is that kind of like the guy that was talking about Colin Kaepernick? What he's doing should be illegal. Right. That, that's that, on, he's on like that. that. Um, <laughs> What was it on the news news right. report? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jake dude, right? Yes, sir. Right. Oh, Coon Jenkins. There you go. <laughs> uh, give me the next one real quick. Twenty six. So we're gonna move on uh, to the uh, the next one. Sadducees, righteous ones. Right. They did not believe in resurrection. Okay, that's that's what that. Sadducees means the righteous ones. It says what again? They did not believe in resurrection. Mm-hmm. They did not believe in resurrection. Come on. That's it. All right. Give me um, Ezekiel 40 real quick. 40 and 46. I just want to show you all this real quick. The book of Ezekiel chapter 40 verse 40. I think you said 46. Yeah. 40, Ezekiel 40 chapter 40 yep. verse 46. And the chamber whose prospect is toward the north is for the priests. Mm-hmm. It's for the who? The priests, right? Go ahead. The keepers of the charge of the altar. Mm-hmm. These are the sons of Zadok among the sons of Levi, which come near to the Lord to minister unto him. Right. So that's all I wanted. It says these are the sons of who? Zadok, right? Zadok. So that's where the term uh, Sadducees comes from is Zadok or the sons of Zadok or the Sadducees. Okay. The righteous ones. All right. Give me um, the next one. Twenty seven. Sadducees, Jewish religious sect in the time of Christ, beliefs, acceptance only of the law and rejection of oral tradition. So remember, um, it says acceptance only of the law. And rejection of oral tradition. That means what the Pharisees taught, because the Pharisees had many other things they tried to implement. Hey, brother, you got to wash your hands before you eat. Mm -hmm. They said no. They rejected that. They only, uh, it says, acceptance only of the law and rejection of oral tradition. Come on. Denial of resurrection. Mm -hmm. So denial of resurrection. Read on. Immorality of the soul. Immortality. Immortality of the soul. Excuse me. Right. Thank you. Come on. Spirit world. Um, jump down to supported. Supported Maccabeans. Yep. A relatively small group, but generally held in high, held high. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read that again. Supported Maccabeans, a relatively small group, but generally held the high priesthood. Denounced by John the Baptist. Right. Remember, John the Baptist called him a generation of vipers. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, again, they deny resurrection and spirits. Give me the next one real quick. Um, go up, go up, go up. Yep, number four. Number four. But the doctrine of the Sadducees is this, that souls die with the bodies, nor do they regard the observation of anything besides what the law enjoins them. For they think it... It said, read it from the top one more time. But the doctrine of the Sadducees is this, 
that the souls die with the bodies. It says that the souls die with the body. So again, no resurrection. Mm -hmm. Once your 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 physical body die, your souls die, and that's it. Okay? Mm -hmm. They didn't believe in resurrection. Read on. Nor do they regard the observation of anything besides what the law enjoins them. Mm -hmm. For they think it an instance of virtue to that's that's going back to that oral tradition that the Pharisees had. It says, nor do they regard the observation of anything besides what the law enjoins them. Read on. For they think it an instance of virtue to dispute with those teachers of philosophy whom they frequent. Right. The Pharisees. Come on. But this doctrine is received. But by a few. Yet by those still of the greatest dignity. But they are able to do almost nothing of themselves for when they become magistrates as they are unwillingly and by force sometimes obliged to be, they addict themselves to the notions of the Pharisees because the multitude would not otherwise bear them. Okay, give me the next one real quick. All right. Um, and yep, Sadducees right there. The Sadducees, chiefly upper-class Jews. Upper, upper class meaning they had money, okay? Read on. Favored compromise with the Romans with Romans, in the interests of peace and religious freedom so that the Jews could continue to live as a religious community according to Judaic law. It says they favored compromise with the Romans in the interests of peace and religious freedom so that the Jews could what? Could continue to live as a religious community according to Judaic law. Now, what's that scripture in uh, Maccabees uh, about the covenant? Um, since those days we departed. You know what I'm talking about? Read that part again. Real the quick. Sadducees, chiefly upper class Jews, favored compromise with the Romans in the interest of peace and religious freedom so that the Jews could continue to live as a religious community according to Judaic law. Right, so they favored compromise. Let's figure out how to work with the Romans so we can just do our own thing. You know, that goes into the taxation and so forth um, so they could have religious freedom. And while we find that, Cap, um, pull up that, the one I put up about the, the Sadducees. Let's see why they held to so, such high esteem. Not that one. Yes, that one. Start at the Sadducees. Sadducees, followers of Zadok, Solomon's high priest. The Sadducees were a politico-religious party holding the highest offices in church and state. They were prepared to compromise for the sake of peace with the Roman occupation forces. And consequently, they frowned on the passive resistance of the Pharisees and on the aggressive nationalism of the zealot freedom fighters. In return, yep, go ahead. In return, they were allowed by the Romans to retain their power in the temple and in the supreme council. To retain their what? To retain to retain their power in the temple and in the supreme council. So what is what is it talking about? What was their power? Jump down the high the high priest. Read that part. What what did they not want to lose? The high priest held the monopoly of the sale of animals for sacrifice. So what did you have to do when you came to the temple? 
you had to sacrifice. So if I monopolize animal sacrifice, if if Christ is saying you don't have to sacrifice no more, you just need to repent. Right. That's going to piss me off. You you playing with my money. Exactly. Yep. You know, you messing with my power. That's exactly why they didn't believe in the re- resurrection. You know. Uh get get the scripture and I think it's in John where he talks about um for they take our power. Or take our place, something like that. The Romans will come. Let's get First Maccabees one and eleven, and then we can jump to that one. Yeah, get cap scripture. I'm gonna get the one in John. The book of First Maccabees, chapter one and verse eleven. In those days went there out of Israel wicked men who persuaded many, saying, "Let us go and make a covenant with the heathen that are round about us, mm-hmm. for since we departed from them." We have had much sorrow for since we departed from them, we had much sorrow. So let's make a covenant with them. Let's make an agreement. Go back to that one point real quick. And the other, um, uh, the last one we was just on the other article. Yep. Let's pull that back up real quick. IT. But the doctrine of the Sadducees is this, that souls die with the bodies, nor do they regard the... No, it's not that one. It's the other one. I don't think it's in this one. I don't see it. What's the next one after that? Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. The Sadducees, chiefly upper-class Jews, favored compromise with the Romans in the interests of peace and religious freedom so that the Jews could continue to live as a religious community according to the Judaic law. Right, so Judaic a, law. a similar example in First Maccabees 1. Now, they went knee-deep here, but it says, uh, in those days went out of Israel wicked men who persuaded many, saying, let us go and make a covenant with the heathen that are round about us. Okay? For since we departed from them, we have had much sorrow. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, officer. You got your one in, John? Yes, sir. So uh, go back to the other, um, go back to the other page real quick before we go to John. So jump down, read the high priest again. The high priests held the monopoly of the sale of animals for sacrifice, for which payment had to be made in temple currency and on which they levied a rate of exchange. That's the, that was the... Um, who was it, Cap? It wasn't the tax collectors. Um, I didn't. I didn't hear the point. Read that part again. The high priest held the monopoly of the sale of animals for sacrifice, for which payment had to be made in the temple in temple currency, and on which they levied a rate of exchange. That was Matthew, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was, believe that was Matthew. Right, Matthew was a tax collector. Right. So, um, it was called him also Levi. Yes. Yeah. So now read John. What was the reason? That they was combating against Christ so much. Okay. Read John 11. John chapter 11. Uh, 47. Verse 47. Then gathered the chief priests. So the chief priests would be the same high priest that we're talking about with the Sadducees. Go ahead. And the Pharisees a and, council. And the Pharisees. So it's like, you know, both of them was in there. Go ahead. And said, what do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. 
and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. Meaning that, that the Romans would, if if we allow him to continue to preach like this, he's going to gather all the people to him and the Romans are going to take away our power. That's basically what they're saying. Okay. Go ahead, Cap. Yes, sir. All right. Give me Matthew chapter three, verse seven. Matthew chapter three, and verse. You, you made the point, like uh, it mentioned chief priest there. That's all it said, right? Yes. Right. And it goes back to Ezekiel forty forty six about the sons of Zadok or the Sadducees are the sons of Zadok. That's what they call themselves, the righteous ones. And it said in that other article, too, that a lot of times they would be forced into the high positions to be those priests because right. of their uh, education and so forth. Right. There you go. So Matthew 3, and we're going to start at verse 7. Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees mm -hmm. come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers. This is John the Baptist. He called him O generation of vipers. You guys are a bunch of snakes here. Okay, come on. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Come on. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. These different sects, okay? There's many other sects out here. The most I can raise up stones out of, out of these other people. It's not just you because you sit in this high seat of a high priest, mm -hmm. okay? He can take a publican. He can take a, a stork. He can take so forth and so on to raise them up, okay? Read on. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Mm -hmm. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down right. and cast into the fire. Right. Judgment is upon you if you don't repent. Okay. That's what John was telling them. Give me um, Acts chapter 3. Okay. Acts 3 and 25. Acts chapter 3 verse 25. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Come on. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son, Jesus. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son, Jesus. Come on. Sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Keep going. Chapter four, verse one. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Because they heard. Wait a minute. They, they heard him say in verse 26, unto you first, God having raised up his son, Jesus. They were teaching about resurrection. The Sadducees came like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on, hold on. <laughs> right. What the hell y'all talking about here? <laughs> Read on. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. It says they were grieved with that thing. Okay. They didn't understand it. Okay. Is that it? Uh, read. And, read. And they laid hands on them. Mm-hmm. And put them in hold until the next day. Right. It says they laid hands on them and put them in hold in prison. Okay. Until the next day. And it wasn't the laid hands that the pastors do in the church. Mm -hmm. They laid hands on them. I mean, they put hands on them and put them in jail. Right. Right, right, right. So now let's move to um, uh, 30. Give me the next one real quick. Uh, Pharisees. Separated ones, they believed in resurrection. Right, that's what the word the word Pharisee means. It means separated ones. They believed in the resurrection. So you had the uh, Sadducees that did not believe in it. The Pharisees did believe in it. Okay, 
Now, give me the next one real quick. Yep. Now, for the Pharisees, they live meanly and despise delicacies in diet, and they follow the conduct of reason and what that prescribes to them as good for them. They do. It says, and they follow the conduct of reason and what that prescribes to them as good for them. They do. Read on. And they think they thought, excuse me, and they think they ought earnestly to strive to observe reasons, dictates for practice. That goes into that oral tradition. Like I said, um, wash your hands up to this point and all all the different things that they decided to do oral traditions. Okay. They implemented those things. Read on. They also pay a respect to such as are in years, mm-hmm. nor are they so bold as to contradict them in anything. And what was the other one about the parents, right? What was the, um, they taught that the child was a gift, right? Yes. yes Instead yes, of respecting yes. your parents, oh, you're the gift to them. Yes. Causing the child to disrespect the parents. Okay. That was another oral tradition that they came up with. Read that part again. Um, read it from the top. Just so I can get that thought again. Number three. Now, for the Pharisees, they live meanly and despise delicacies in diet, mm-hmm. and they follow the conduct of reason, and what that prescribes to them as good for them, they do. And they think they ought earnestly to strive to observe reason's dictates for practice. Mm-hmm. They also... So their oral traditions became practice, and they began to put those on everybody else, too. Hey, remember uh, when um, they saw Christ's disciples, they were like, hey, man, why, why they not washing their hands? hands? Yeah. Y'all supposed to be doing what we doing. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm not breaking a commandment. Right. I know that. Okay. Come on. They also pay respect to such as are in years, nor are they so bold as to contradict them in anything which they have introduced. So they're saying they respect their elders. Come on. And when they determine that all things are done by fate, they do not take away the freedom from men of acting as they think fit, since their notion is that it hath pleased God to make a temperament whereby what he wills is done, but so that the will of men can act virtuously or viciously. viciously. Meaning I'll, I'll smack Christ, I'll do all these other different things, but then I'll walk around with these long phylacteries on my, on my garment. Right, right. So give me the next one. We'll stop there. Give me the next one real quick. All right. Should be, uh, what? Page, what's the page of that? Four what? 53? Yeah, that's it. Pharisees, of the three prominent societies of Judaism at the time of Christ, Pharisees, Sadducees, and Essenes, the Pharisees were by far the most influential. They were the most influential. Come on. The origin of this most strict sect of the Jews, Acts 26.5, is obscure, but it is believed the organization came out of the Maccabean revolt. Which it did. It says the origin of this uh, strict sect of the Jews is obscure, okay, but it's believed the organization came out of the Maccabean revolt. Read on. Uh, 165 B.C. There was, however a group of Jews resembling the Pharisees as far back as the Babylonian captivity. Mm -hmm. The name Pharisee 
which in its Semitic form Keep, means scroll down. the separated ones. That's what it means. Pharisee means separated ones. Come on. Separatists. First appears during the reign of John Hycranus, 135 B.C. Mm-hmm. Generally, the term is in the plural rather than the singular. They were also known as child... Kissedim. Kissedim. Meaning loved of God. They were also known as Kassadim. So give me the next one real quick. Okay. It's it's hinting at they, uh, during the Maccab- Maccabean revolt, it mentioned John Hycranus. Uh, give me the next one. You know what? Let's skip this. Go to um First Maccabees two real quick. Let's just get to that point real quick. First Maccabees two. First Maccabees chapter two. Verse forty two. Verse forty two. Then came there unto him a company of Assyrians, who were mighty men of Israel, even all such as were volunteered voluntarily devoted unto the law. Right. So that term right there, Assyrians is where the term Pharisee comes from. They mentioned Kassadim in the um, article, but that's the same thing. Assyrians, Kassadim, uh, the Pharisees derives from that. Okay. That's why they kept hinting at, they came during the time of the Maccabean revolt, John Hycranus and so forth. Uh, read it one more time. Then came there unto him a company of, of Assyrians who were mighty men of Israel, mm-hmm. even all such as were voluntarily devoted unto the law. Right now, give me Acts 15, verse 1. Okay, so they did believe in resurrection, and again, that their name meant the separated ones. Okay, Acts 15 and 1. Acts chapter 15, verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, Ye cannot be saved. Right. So this was the doctrine of the um, actual Pharisees. Okay. They taught when Christ came on the scene, the the apostles began to spread the gospel that they didn't have to keep animal sacrifice no more. They contradicted that contradict and blaspheme and said, no, we have to keep uh, circumcision after the man of Moses, which meant sacrificial law. So they held on strong to that. Like you went back, the the other chief priests, the uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees, they benefited from that. Okay, so they began to hold on to that. Give me Matthew 23. Um, let's see what Christ said about this sect right here called the Pharisees. Matthew 23 and 1. Matthew chapter 23, verse 1. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Mm-hmm. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. Why? Because they're reading out of the Bible. They're teaching you the law. Anything they tell you, do it. Go ahead. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they say and do not. They were hypocrites. Okay. They taught the laws, but they did not keep them. All right. Give me Acts 26 and verse 5. Acts chapter 26 and verse 5. Which knew me from the beginning. This is Paul. Go ahead. If they would testify that after the most straight, straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. I lived a Pharisee. I lived a Pharisee. This is Paul. So he was previously a Pharisee. Now jump back in Acts real quick to chapter 9. And I just want to make a point real quick. Let me find it. Acts 9. And 15. Acts chapter 9, verse 15. We'll start at 13. Verse 13. 
Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. Come on. But the Lord said unto him. Because why? He was a Pharisee, so he had authority to bind those that previously were believing on Christ before he converted. Come on. Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. He is what? A chosen vessel unto me. This was Saul at this time. It says he is a chosen vessel unto me. Go ahead. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Right. So that's all I wanted on that. Now give me the next one. Uh, 34. But before we get to that, um, the, the point is here. Okay. We read most of these, most of these sects, quote unquote, that we read, there was always some, some of them that came out and believed on Christ. Right. They repented. Right. Okay. Paul was one of them. So now give me this next word right here. Apostles. One sent forth. That's what the word apostle means. One sent forth. All right. One sent forth. Give me, um, the next one. Okay. Christ, uh, the men that he called, he called them. They were disciples, meaning students. He taught them. And then they were apostles after they were groomed up. He sent them forth. Okay. That's what the apostle goes into. One sent forth. Um, it's going to be right at the bottom. Yep. Apostle. Let's just prove that real quick. One sent forth a messenger. Right. One sent forth or a messenger. Come on. One chosen and sent with a special commission as the fully authorized representative of the sender. It says as a what? A one sent. Uh, read it again because I'm, I'm butchering it. Read it again. One sent forth mm -hmm. a messenger. One chosen and sent with a special commission as the fully authorized representative of the sender. Right. As the fully authorized representative of the sender. Now, give me um, Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3 and 1. The book of Hebrews, chapter 3 and verse 1. Because it wasn't just the 12 apostles. There was one before them. Read. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle. Consider what? The apostle. Consider the apostle. Go ahead. And high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Come on. Who was faithful to him that appointed him. You see that? Who was faithful to him that appointed him, that sent him forth. So Christ was also an apostle. He was the chief apostle, the first one. So he was sent forth to teach. He groomed men up and called them to go out and teach as well, to edify those different groups, the publicans, Essenes, Stoics, mm -hmm. uh, Epicureans, Zealots, uh, Sadducees, Pharisees, and so forth. Okay. Read that verse uh, one again. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, mm -hmm. consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, mm -hmm. as also Moses was faithful in all his house. As also Moses was faithful. So now, Matthew fifteen twenty four. Okay. It says here, consider the apostle, the one sent forth. Okay. Christ Jesus. Who was Christ sent for? For the casual Christian that may be online, they're they still thinking that, you know, he came for everybody. Let's see exactly. what Christ said. Who was he sent for? Read. Matthew chapter 15, verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What did Christ say? 
I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You see that? Christ said out of his own mouth. He's only sent. He's, a, he's only an apostle to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's what he's saying there. Read it again. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right. John uh, chapter five, verse 30. He's only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And guess what? He also employed his apostles to be sent to the same people. Right. All right. John chapter five, verse 30. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the father, which hath sent me. You see that with has sent me. OK, Christ was an apostle, but he says, I can of my own self do nothing as I hear. I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the father that have sent me. OK, you want to touch on something? No, sir. No, sir. Give me a uh, first Corinthians chapter four. Oh, verse nine. Oh, yeah. Yep. First Corinthians chapter four, verse nine. Yep. Yeah. Verse nine. For I think that God had set forth us the apostles last, as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked. Read it from 9 again. Verse 9. For I think that God has set forth us the apostles last. Why is this saying this? For I think that God has set forth us the apostles last. As we've been going through throughout the lesson, there was this was just a few of them. There, there were more as well. But... These were the primary ones. A lot of the articles were just mentioning um, oftentimes three, just Sadducees, Pharisees, right. and the Essenes. Some mentioned four, which uh, added the Zealots. But there were more, like we touched on. Right. the uh, Paul dealt with the Greeks and, and so forth and so on. Right. Um, but even when you look at uh, what was the what was the one cap that you brought out um, where it talked about um, the person that sent? Um. Go back. Yep. Check that one. Yes. Apostle, one sent forth, a messenger, one chosen and sent with a special commission as the fully authorized representative of the sender. So this particular person is the fully authorized representative of the sender. Get Acts 11, 26. This is why... The, the word Christian came about. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. Uh-huh. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So as the captain was bringing out, the, the disciples were sent by Christ. So with Christ taught is what they taught. So the word Christian comes from the what the disciples taught came from Christ. If you're not teaching what Christ taught, then you're not a Christian. There you go. Right. And let's get let's get that um let's define that real quick. The book of Psalms. 
Okay. Psalms, was it two? Why do the heathen rage? Yep. Psalms chapter two, verse one. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Read on. Saying, let us break their bands asunder. All right. So read it from the top again. Psalms chapter two, verse one. Mm -hmm. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Yep. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Saying it says against the Lord and against his anointed. Right. Saying what? Saying, let us break their bands asunder. Right. So that's all I wanted against his anointed. Give me that in Acts four. Right. Acts chapter four, verse twenty five. Acts chapter four, verse twenty five. We're defining what the word Christian means. OK, read who by the mouth of thy servant, David, hast said. Why do the heathen rage? You see that? So he's quoting what we just read in Psalms chapter 2. Read. And the people imagine vain things. Uh-huh. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord mm -hmm. and against his Christ. Against his what? Against his Christ. Against his Christ. So that word Christ goes back to anointed, which is what we read in uh, Psalms chapter 2. That's what Christ means, anointed. Okay? So the Christians... They were called Christians first in Antioch. Right. They were the anointed ones. Christ the apostle was sent forth to Israel, like he said, out of his own mouth. And then he commissioned them to do the same thing. All right. Go read back. On, read on, Cap. Watch this. Verse 27. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. So you see all of those different uh, sects were gathered together against Christ. Yep. All of them were gathered together against Christ. Go ahead, Cap. Read on. Read 28. Verse 28. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel de <coughs> determined before to be done. Read on. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that which all boldness, with all boldness, they may speak thy word. You see there it says, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Look, look at the threatenings. They trying to kill us. Mm -hmm. It says, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, that may speak thy word. Okay. Give me that in first Corinthians four and nine again. Okay. Cause I'm glad, I'm glad you read on with those different sects and everybody trying to kill Christ and the apostles. Okay. This was the mindset. First Corinthians chapter four, verse nine. For I think that God hath set forth us, the apostles last, mm -hmm. as it were appointed to death. Remember, he just said in Acts, Acts four, behold, their threatenings. You mm -hmm. had you had. Um, let me go back to it. It says for every truth against thy, thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou has appointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Scribes, Pharisees, and all those different sects that rejected Christ, okay, they were gathered together to kill the apostles of Christ. And it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 9 again, what? For I think that God hath set forth us, the apostles, last. He sent them last. Read on. As it were appointed to death. Uh-huh. As it were the appointed to death. Why? Because they rejected it. 
Okay, a lot of them rejected it. There were many followers of Christ, but a lot of the groups rejected it. Okay, and tried to kill the apostles. Come on. For we and, are, and a lot of them did suffer death. Matter of fact, come on. For we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to leaders and to men and to men. Now, Colossians two and eight. The book of Colossians, chapter two. Verse eight. Verse eight. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Right. So you see here, Paul is warning the church at Colossus. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Remember, the, the Pharisees had a doctrine that they got to hold on to animal sacrifice. Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. So guess what? If you don't believe in resurrection, then Christ is done away with, right? right. Because once he died, that's it. He didn't, he didn't rise again. So many doctrines they came out with to try to teach and trick the people. Paul said, beware. Don't let no man, no man uh, uh, what did he say, spoil you. Read on, verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's Christ. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Come on. And ye are complete in him. You are complete in him. If you accept him, you keep the laws, you are complete in him. Come on. Which is the head of all principality and power. He's over all these different governments, sects, and so forth. Okay. Christ trumps all of that. Come on. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Right. A spiritual circumcision, cleaning your, cleansing your spirit up. Read on. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. By the circumcision of Christ. Right. So um, I think that's about our time, right? Um, 55. Yeah. Right. So let's let's get our, um, let's get the alms. Wow. Yeah, that thing was heavy, Cap. All praise. All praise to the most high. All right, Israel, uh, don't neglect to give alms. For those who would like to give alms, fill out an envelope and place it in the alms box. To give alms online, donate to IUIC Concord at iuic.concord.nc at israelunite.org. Also, don't neglect to give to the Booster Club, which is uh, iuic.fundraising at israelunite.org. All right. Shout out the tech crew. And also, we're going to shout out the tech crew, uh, the Bible, the book of our father's technical crew, Officer Azaria, Officer Kazdiel, Officer Yehoshua, Officer Gidron, Soldier Israel, Soldier O'Shea, Soldier Uriah, Soldier Ezekiel. Appreciate you, brothers, and all the work y'all do. Yep. All praise and to the most of you, brother Makai back there. Yeah, right. Brother Makai back there. Uh, also, uh, Sister Kaya, she helped out with the uh, some of the artwork and stuff like that. Oh, the, shoot. Uh, yeah, the thumbnail. So we appreciate the tech crew on that. Um, so that's the lesson, Israel. Lord Willie, I got some out of it. Uh, we ask that y'all stay tuned in the coming hours. I don't know what time, but you got Hammer Time potentially coming up. Fix your face Friday Night Raw with the Deacons. So, uh, again, Lord Willie, I got some out of the lesson. With that, we're going to say shalom. Most high Christ bless. Hey, shalom, shalom Israel. Most high Christ, Christ bless. Christ bless.